Welcome to the With Counseling Podcast. I'm JJ Blainford, therapist and founder of With Counseling. And today we're again talking about co-regulating, but this time with our kiddos. Yeah, and I think last time when we were talking about co-regulation, uh, ending the episode, it just sort of came up because like kids is where it's this is most easily seen, I think. And as we're raising three, you know, teenage to, you know, first graders, uh, you know, co-regulation is a big part of what we're trying to do day in and day out. And as the summer sort of is just wearing on and everybody's sort of like feeling very dysregulated right now and like ready to go back to school. I thought it'd be interesting to talk about what co-regulation and kids, you know, from a more of a parenting perspective. Sure. So I think this can like absolutely apply to parenting, but I also think if you have children in your life, teaching, therapist, lots of different, I mean, teaching like at church one Sunday a month, like Mm. co-regulation is something I could talk about a lot. There will probably be more episodes. And I think why it's so important with kids is so often I watch my kids go to a bigger behavior because I am not the co-regulator. As the grown-up, that is my role. When my kids have big behaviors, again, it is not throwing gasoline on that fire. It is being attuned to their need. It is using a calm voice and my presence. Sometimes regulation, again, different with my children than it would be with a therapy client. Some, like one of our kids just needs presence. There doesn't always have to be words, but they need to be near me to calm. And that is how they co-regulate. And so I think sometimes we take these adult concepts of how we might regulate with a partner or a friend, and we try to use that same thing with kids. For our kids, I think one of the most dysregulating things when they're already dysregulated is when I come at them with a lot of words, which is what I can tend to do. And I literally can watch them get more dysregulated And in my brain, I know what I'm doing is not effective, yet it is what I'm like most prone to go to. And so I think sometimes co-regulation varies relationship to relationship. And we have to be regulated enough as the adults to know how do I co-regulate? And like our three kids, each of them need different co-regulation in a different capacity. And so I have to be self-aware, mentally well enough as the parent to step in to give each kid what they need when they're dysregulated. That's interesting. So if I could just kind of summarize what you were saying, basically, if your kids are freaking out, then you freaking out is not helpful. Yeah, that was like, wait, (laughs) Way more concise than the way that I explained it. That makes sense. And I don't know why I do this because I am very prone to this. Like when the kids are like losing their minds, my go to if I'm not sort of fully present is to freak out myself. And then 
I'm freaking out. They're like, we're just all kind of dysregulated. And like, there's no logic to that. It's just like this primal sort of instinct. Their lid is flipped. So I'm going to flip my lid and we're all going to be, you know, crazy together. Right. So. Yes. I talk often when I train about how when a kid's lid is flipped, they're dysregulated. When I'm the grown up who comes at them also dysregulated, I, I escalate my child who further escalates me, who I further escalate the child. And then all of a sudden we're at like level 900 and it's over something ridiculous that if I could have kept my cool as the parent, we would have stayed at like a level three or four. And so when I think about co-regulation with our kids, it's that what am I doing to get my brain back online to be a regulated grown-up so that I can then co-regulate my child? And, and I think that's most people's response, right? Someone has a big emotion. We respond with a big emotion. And then all of a sudden, the big emotions have taken over and we're like, hmm, how'd we get here? And so, yeah, I think it's it's meeting our kiddos with something different than maybe even what they're expecting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's really helpful. My thought is let's let's tick through because you mentioned several scenarios that all have a bit of a different like fl- flair to them, right? So there's there's kiddos in the household, you know, where you're you know parenting that sort of thing, right? That has a different experience than say a school teacher who's, you know, long-term with kids, uh, but it's not all day, every day. And there's a lot of different kids, right? Versus like you said, a Sunday school teacher, other examples of that, just where you're around a kid for a shorter period of time. So you don't necessarily know them as well necessarily and know how to regulate them. So can we kind of tick through maybe like, like, how would you, as a parent, like what are some tactics for co-regulating as a parent? Maybe some tactics for co-regulating, you know, as a teacher, you know, more, more formally. And then as somebody who is around, you know, different kids kind of on a, on a shorter term basis. Is that sure? Okay. So I think like in your home, you know, your kids the best and they can also push your buttons the best. Double-edged sword there. And so... I think it is, if you are co-parenting, it is when you're able to have conversations with a partner to say, I am tapped out. I need you to step in. To have the self-awareness of, I am dysregulated. I can't regulate. So I need someone else to step in. Sure. Doesn't always happen. I also think, like, sometimes I will say, let's take a breath all together. And it's that, like, we all just need a moment to pause. There's all sorts of different breathing techniques that you can teach your kids and talk about. But I think taking a breath is helpful or just getting outside. Like, Can you and your child walk up the street and back to your house? Moving your body is going to help kind of ground you. Oftentimes that's also going to ground your kiddo. And then you can come back and see if that regulating process 
can happen would easier. play fall into that category like making something fun just to kind of like i think it depends on what level of escalation you're at okay you may like if your kid is at like super dysregulated play may heighten that and so it's like getting them back to the place that that playful engagement could disarm fear okay regulate i think teaching has to be hard i've only been an observer in classrooms um providing feedback usually for behavior for a specific kiddo i think what's more challenging in a classroom setting is you may have one dysregulated kiddo who is dysregulating you know 20 other kiddos and so it's what is proactive a lot of the work that i did when i was in a school setting was helping teachers do the the playful engagement early in the day knowing which kids are going to need attention how can you give choice so that they feel some sort of power how do they get leadership within your classroom so that you are using their skill set to keep the whole classroom regulated mm. because i think the reality is sometimes in a classroom setting when there is a really big behavior that big behavior can bring out big behavior in multiple kids. Most teachers, most schools are understaffed. Teachers don't necessarily have someone to tag in so that they can have a break. And so I think if education is your career, it's that what is your self-care? How are you showing up as the most regulated adult? Because you're walking into a classroom that's going to be dysregulated for some portion of the day, small or large. Right. Sure. So not being a teacher, that's my thoughts on that. Um, but then I think there's lots of like, sure, teaching at a Sunday school, but maybe you're coaching like a kid's rec team or Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, those sorts of things where you may be interacting with kids and their parent is also present. Right. And so you kind of have this extra tricky role of keeping a group of kids regulated and potentially having, I mean, our kids have played some low stakes sports. <laughs> right. And there were some real dysregulated grown-ups in those places. And so trying to decide like how do you regulate kids? Are you able to co-regulate any of the grown-ups? I think it's relational building. I mean, really, in all three scenarios, it's relationship building. Mm -hmm. And it's, again, that playful engagement, especially like sporting, play, kind of building that rapport. And sometimes it's just acknowledging like the emotion that a kid is experiencing right there on the field in your Sunday school class at the, you know, group activity, kind of meeting them, like say a kid falls and scrapes their knee and they're little ish. Oh, are you okay? Kind of meeting them in that, but not, you know, freaking out and escalating the situation further when maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. That, actually reminds me of something that we experienced this week. 
which is where our son fell down, hurt his wrist. And uh, my brother-in-law, who is a firefighter, just jumped in and it wasn't he wasn't really even doing anything. He, but it just was somebody there that was a calm presence that seemed like they knew what was going on. Just like took him from, you know, a hundred down to like five, <laughs> like, you know, in the, the, you know, flip of a switch, it was just a really fascinating thing to watch. And just that, that experience of knowing how to like approach a stressful situation. We don't always have, right? Yes. Or we don't always access that part of our brain. And so while we might not have like that crisis intervention skill set, sometimes it's before we react or as we're reacting and our, you know, our heart is racing, we're starting to feel all the feelings in our body to take that deep breath and to think through okay, I can make this better or worse. What what path am I going to take? And those are split second decisions. But I think sometimes like we respond, again, maybe to a kid who's hurt and we realize we're escalating and how do we correct that? Mm. You know, we, of course, anytime we're co-regulating another human, we're going to make missteps. It's having the self-awareness to say, oh gosh, I misstepped. How do I re-engage and... Like, oh, I've added fuel to the fire. How do I rectify this misstep that I just made? Yeah, Yeah, that's really interesting. And you will do trainings, right, around sort of all these scenarios to some extent. What does that sort of look like for like organizations that that work with kids and that that sort of thing? I mean, really trauma-informed training is my favorite thing to talk about. And I think trauma-informed parenting, everyone should do. I'm biased, um, but I think it's effective. So, you know, organizations, parenting groups can provide that kind of training. You know, I left a school system where I was just doing trauma-informed training for teachers. And it was amazing to see how many teachers are trauma-informed, even though that's maybe not what they would call it, or they haven't been trained as trauma-informed. They're just attuned to what kids need. Their gifting is such they are co-regulators. They know how to intervene. Um, And so I think a lot of the training can be really affirming to the work that they're already doing and provides additional tools and resources on, um, you know, how to expand that within your classroom. And then, uh, I love helping organizations just in in things like Sunday school teachers, kids coaches, um, you know, Girl Scout, Boy Scout kind of leaders, just what is being trauma-informed? What does that mean? How do you interact with kids? Maybe you weren't really wanting to be the Girl Scout troop leader, And yet you found yourself there and you're thinking, I don't have tools or skills. And I'm sure someone in that organization provides you with something. I think this is just, I would offer um, another lens of how to see kids that you're working with and and how you might um, combat behavior that might arise during those situations. Yeah. That you're playing a role in. 
That's awesome. I love that. Um, thanks for kind of delving into that. It's even thinking about my interactions with the kids as we uh, close out uh, summer here and how I can be a better regulator um, instead of contributing to a little more dysregulation in our household. Yeah. And I think, right, we are like in midsummer. It's kind of the like, oh gosh, we're all still here together doing all the things together. There's a lot of togetherness, which can sometimes lead to dysregulation. And so what, you know, when I start a morning, how am I preparing as the grown up to have the most regulated day for all of us uh, versus how am I starting everyone's day dysregulated? Yeah, it's good. Appreciate you. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the With Counseling Podcast. I'd love to continue this conversation. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Counseling With or on my website, counselingwith.com. I hope today's conversation just gives you a better understanding about how you can be a co-regulator to any child who is in your life.